Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On our show today, we discuss the most fundamental aspect of healthcare, that of the physician-patient relationship. We'll talk about some of the problems with physician-patient relationships. And then in the second part of this two-part episode, we'll be talking about ways doctors and patients can improve these relationships. We're speaking today with Dr. Mary Catherine Beach. She's associate professor in the Division of General Internal Medicine and core faculty in the Berman Institute of Bioethics and the Welch Center for Prevention, Epidemiology, and Clinical Research at the Johns Hopkins University period. At Johns Hopkins, Dr. Beach does research on physician-patient relationships. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for being on this program today. Well, thanks for having me. I think of the relationships that doctors establish with their patients as being fundamental to medical care. Um, You've been working in the area of doctor-patient communication. Why does it matter? Well, Steve, I mean, communication matters in in all of life. In medicine, it's particularly important for a lot of reasons. When we go to the doctor, we want to know that the doctor that we're talking to when we're explaining our our problems or our health issues, that 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 person is is listening to us, can hear us, can kind of take what we have to say into their consideration when they make recommendations to us. So we have to feel like we've been heard when we go see the doctor. We have to feel like the doctor is um, kind of knows who we are as a person and, and cares about us and would do what's in our own best interest as opposed to, you know, what's in the interest of the system or themselves or their own convenience. So we need to make sure that um, the doctors are able to convey that they are listening to people, that they do understand and that they care and that they're trying to uh, make make decisions that are that are in the best interest, that they, they can be trusted. And then, you know, then and that's just kind of like in the, you know, in the beginning of an encounter, everybody sort of starts by usually telling their, their doctor their, their problems, and, and those are the things that are important at that stage. And then, you know, when doctors make treatment recommendations, they have to be able to communicate in such a way that, that patients understand what the rationale is. They can understand and kind of buy into the plan or participate in making a plan with the doctor. So there's, there's a lot of different aspects of communication, and, and, and it often doesn't go well. When you say it doesn't go well, um, 
I have the impression that patients often think their doctor's not listening. Is the problem that the doctor isn't listening, or is the problem that the doctor is not communicating to patients that they are listening? Well, that's a good question. I think it, the problem is sometimes both of those things. So I think that, you know, doctors, there are doctors who are out there who just lack the skills to communicate to patients that they do care and that they are listening. And, you know, they're, they're good people. They're listening. They care. They want to do what's in their patient's best interest, but they just don't have the interpersonal kind of awareness or skill to let the patient know that, you know, how they feel. And then there's doctors that are just, you know, they're distracted or they're busy and the system is so hectic that they're, they're um, kind of just not able to turn their full attention to the patients. And, and in those cases, you know, when we, when we talk to doctors about changing their communication skills, it's not so much about, or, you know, we're going to teach you how to show that you're listening. It's that we have to remind you that at the beginning, the beginning of every encounter, it's a fresh person, and you know we kind of got to put away our own, our own day and whatever's been happening to us, and and fully be able to attend to somebody else. Has research been done that has has looked at the issue so that we have some sort of quantitative assessment of how much of the problem is that doctors are listening, but they haven't let patients know, and the patients think the doctor's not listening versus how much the doctor is really not listening and is distracted and thinking about something oh, yeah. else. Yeah. No, you know, that's a good question. No, it is my it is my impression from teaching that there are people out there who have really good hearts who are, are incapable of letting other people know that. And then there are people out there whose um whose hearts have to constantly be reminded to um <laughs> to open up. So I don't know what percent, you know, of the of people who are who are are in either category. I just know that there that there are some of each out there. Okay. So fundamentally, for a patient to get great great care, they have to have a doctor who's listening to them, who communicates that they're that the doctor that communicate that they're hearing what the patient is saying. They need patients to accurately tell the doctor the problems and not hide stuff. And then doctors need to make decisions in conjunction with patients and communicate back so that the patient is able to buy in and do what is recommended. So, so with that as the, the context for what should happen, in what ways is this process lacking in our current healthcare system? Yeah, so that's a good question. There are many, um, there, there are lots of studies out there which document communication failures. And so some of the most common things that we see are um, uh, failure to explain things clearly to patients. So, you know, most most people, if you ask people, will say, yeah, I like my doctor. I think my doctor's a good a good person. And I think we we tend to say that because we give our doctors the benefit of the doubt until we no longer can stand it, and then we have to switch doctors. So most people will not say, oh, I hate my doctor, because once you started to say, I hate my doctor, you realize, well, I've got to make a change. So, you know, there's not a, it's not a lot of, there's not a lot of dissatisfaction out there with individual doctors kind of, but, 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 but there is a lot of misinformation that patients will walk out of the door with. So we can see that. You know, if you ask people, there's there's this old statistic that gets quoted that people will forget 50% of what you what you tell them, and then 
they, the, the, and then of that 50% that they remember, you know, half, again, another half of it is, is, inc- is inaccurate. And part of that is because as doctors are just trained to, to give, unload a lot of information at patients. And we do it because we think it's useful and we want people to know, but we don't do it in very effective ways. And so, you know, we will give these long lectures about, you know, the reason why you might have the disease and such and such and such and such. And, you know, some of it might be important, but we're not very good at figuring out what does the person want to know. And so, you know, instead of doctors sort of lecturing to a patient, we might we might try to train them to do things like say, okay, you know, uh, what can I tell you about uh, diabetes that would be helpful to you? Um, because it just, I think that's just a more efficient way to spend time in an office visit rather than, you know, giving a little lecture on diabetes and hemoglobin A1Cs and sugars and what you should be eating and what's normal and what's not. You know, that could go over someone's head or it could just be not that interesting to them. And what they really want to know is something completely different. But if you don't ask, um, then you're then you're lecturing about the wrong thing. Well, and people don't remember. Make sure I understand that because I could envision in the case of diabetes where where patients might feel left down by a doctor who didn't tell them things that the patient wanted to know. On the other hand, I could imagine that there could be things that are essential for the patient to know that the doctor wants to get across that the patient doesn't realize that they truly need. For example, well, I, you mentioned hemoglobin A1C. Right. It seems like that concept the patient's going to truly need to understand. That's true. That's true. They do. But they, you know, so it's it's funny. I mean, I've been we, we try this out with with uh, with training the residents and the medical students, and it turns out if you ask people, "What can I tell you that would be helpful?" they will often ask. They won't say, you know, they might not say, "Tell me about hemoglobin A1C" if they've never heard of hemoglobin A1C, but they might say, "Well, you know, tell me how I can prevent myself from, you know, having, you know, or protect my heart." or, you know, prevent myself from having a heart attack. Well, that's an opportunity. Now you know what's important to that person. It's an opportunity. You'll often find the opportunity to throw in a little bit of essential information in answering the question that they asked anyway. And it's just it's information that's tailored in a way that they can receive it better. It's just a sort of a trick of explaining things to someone so that they're able to listen more attentively because they get to dictate how they receive it and what and how it's oriented. What you're asking doctors to do is to ask something other than just yes or no questions. Right. So (laughs) one of the things that doctors almost never do is ask the patient's opinion about things. And so, you know, asking the patient's opinion like, well, what do you think might be going on? What do you think we ought to do to treat the problem? Or do you have any thoughts about treating the problem? Have you tried anything in particular? Do you feel like it's working? Asking the patient's opinion about treatment um, or how do you think, you know, if, if a doctor recommends a treatment to someone, well, how do you think that would work for you? Um, do you see any problems with that plan? Does that sound like something you could do? Those kinds of questions, we do, there's, there's a way of when we do research and communication, we can code every utterance that a doctor and a patient makes. And it turns out that doctors tend to ask patients' opinions only um, an average of less than two times in every encounter that they're in, so we don't we don't ask and uh, we don't ask patients' opinions very often at all. Am I correct that asking for patients' opinions is important for in two ways? One is 
you may get you, you may elicit content that's in that, that's valuable for deciding how to treat the patient or for what information they need but also just by asking that kind of question you are communicating that the doctor cares about the patient and respects them um, and making a, uh, a forging a, a stronger physician patient relationship yeah I think you are you are because you're you're showing that you that you think their opinion is valuable and you know I mean it's funny I did a study when I first started on faculty where we asked people what does it mean to be respected because this concept of respect is, um, you know, it's at the, on the one hand, it's so simple. And on the other hand, you know, people will throw the word around. It's very meaningful. It's, it's a powerful word. And yet they'll, they'll mean very different things when they say it. And so we would ask people, well, how do you know your doctor respects you? And there's sort of simple things like, well, when, when he or she keeps me waiting, they come in and they say, you know, I'm sorry you had to wait. Um, and and the and when you drill down and you ask people well, why does that matter, why does that I mean not, I mean it sort of seems like an obvious polite thing to do but why does it matter well it matters because you know if you get people to really think about why does that matter to them it matters because what you're really saying is that I understand that your time is important also it's not just you know there, there's this old model where you know you 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 would feel lucky to get the attention of the doctor and. The fact that, you know, there are still people out there and, and, you know, even fairly empowered people like I have, um, you know, I have noticed that even my parents who are, you know, educated and, and you would think empowered sort of feel like it's their job to wait and to just accept what's given to them. And, uh, you know, it always surprises me um, that, that that attitude is still out there. But just the idea that the doctor does something to level the playing field and say, well, I'm sorry I had you wait or... Well, what do you think we should do? Um, it, it puts you uh, it puts you on equal footing, and it and it makes you partners partners in 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 the health of the person. So, I've seen patient satisfaction data from the um, Doctor Score online doctor rating patient satisfaction website that found that if you keep patients waiting a little long waiting longer, the, the the satisfaction goes down. If you don't spend much time with them, their satisfaction goes down. But if Somehow, if you keep them wait a long time and you spend very little time with them, but you somehow manage to make them realize you're still a caring, friendly doctor, you still get a, a high score. And I get the sense that that keeping people waiting is only a problem if it if it communicates to patient that you don't care about them. Right. So it's it, that's a very interesting it's a very interesting phenomenon. So most. You know, a lot of doctors will will end up running behind, and and people who end up running behind often end up running behind because they tend to take more time with people, <laughs> and so there's this there's this funny relationship where I know a lot of patients that will say, well, my doctor's always runs behind, but it doesn't bother me because I know that when I get in the room, he or she will take as much time as I need to get to get you know things done, and then. On the flip side, I know, you know, and that, I guess, you know, it's a particular type of person that, that wants that relationship. I know other patients that say, um, I'm in and out. I don't really want to spend a long time with my doctor. And this is kind of how I feel, but that's only maybe at this point because of the stage of my life that I'm in. I mean, I think if I, if I had a lot of issues I wanted to talk about with my doctor, then I would care. But, I, you know, there, I, 
some, I go to the doctor, I'm busy. You know, I'm a mother, I have two kids, I have a full-time job, I am not looking to talk. I want to get in and out. I want, you know, and so I, running behind in that case, that would bother me. I think it's particular to the person. Um, but, yeah, if, you, if you're running behind as a doctor and then you rush through the next, you know, five people, well, I'm sure those people are not going to be too happy. These issues of communication between doctors and their patients are of critical importance. We're going to come back to these issues next week and discuss with Dr. Beach in more detail what physicians can do to have better communication with their patients and how empowered patients can be involved to make sure this relationship is as strong as possible, to make sure patients are getting what they need from their physicians. I hope you'll join us for that program. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Our show is brought to in part by Leo Pharma. Until next week, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com. DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.